Kum Lenin Ablat Gemara. Today's daf is daf Samach Omid Aleph and Omid Beis. Actually, it's not. We're up to daf Samach Aleph. Good? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, the last thing we learned was we had a discussion. We're talking about fire and we're talking about tamun. If the fire uh, burns something that was concealed, uh, wasn't there all exposed? So Rabbi Yehuda says it says, Chacham says it says, Oy it has to be something exposed. So if something is hidden underneath a pile, you're not responsible for it. Rabbi says it's high for everything. And he used that kamer to teach you, you know, living balechaim and other things as well. So we went, we digressed. And we segued into a story about David HaMelech that he, and we had three opinions as to what David HaMelech wanted to know from the Bezin. And we had the three Kippurim who went out to find out. One of them was simply that question, Tamun Be'esh, is he responsible or not? But the other two were different ones. One was, is he allowed to, um, they were pleased him hiding in somebody's pile of, of grains. Is he allowed to burn it down? Is he allowed to save himself with a mama shal chaveda? The way Taisas and Moses are trying to learn, except Rashi, that that uh, the question was, of course, you're allowed to save yourself from pikuach nefesh. Is deichel kolat but the question the question is, do I have to pay for it or not? Is it like a mitzvah that he's doing, and if I don't have to pay him, reimburse that farmer for that pile or not? The other the other version was that no, that um, the question is, are you allowed to use the uh, the pile from the yid? Which was basically bar- uh, barley, which is very cheap, and paying back with a barley with a pile that belongs to the police team, which would be lentils. Question is, can you do that? So now the Gemara wants to know. We're up to the so we're working our way through because our two psukim, one of the Rayam, Shmuel talks about whether it was barley or lentils. The Gemara says here the very end was that Dovra Melch because it's all talking in, in an allegory. Dovra Melch refused to drink the water, knows he didn't want to follow the psak. And we're trying to understand why didn't he follow the psak? He wanted to know what the halach is, and then we found out he decided he doesn't want it. Why did not? So the more like this. <clears throat> um, uh, um, three lines on the top of the page of Samachal. The one that says there was these two questions, whether he can burn down the person's granary. And the, basically the peasants came back to him and said, you're not allowed to. They said, you're not allowed to save yourself with the mamash chaveda, but since you're a king, you can do whatever you want. Okay, I understand why he didn't want to follow. He didn't want to take advantage of the fact that he was a king because really there's an Easter involved, so he didn't want to do that. The last two cases, whether he can burn down the, the, the grains and kill the police using someone else's money or using someone else's money, then swapping it and paying them back with lentils. He didn't want to drink. He didn't want to t- follow the psak din. Amari said, because there's an Easter involved, I'm not happy. But one who says that the whole question was, whether he's allowed, whether you're, you know, if you're responsible, if your things hidden there. So why didn't he want to refer? He, he, he wanted to know halacha, and they told him the halacha is whatever they told him. We don't know. Is my law of a double Why do you want to follow the halacha? So he must say, of course he followed the halacha. You know what he mean? He didn't want to drink it. He didn't want to say the names of these three gebayim. Amari said. This is what I heard from from the Bezdin of Shmuel. The Dovin Melech saying, "Call Hamoyser Atzmai, Lomus Al Divrei Torah." We're up to Samach Aleph, about seven, seven, eight lines on the top of the page, and we're trying to understand. We're trying to understand why Dovin Hamelech refused to take uh, take on the final uh, set, uh, decision from the Bezdin. 
So we explained. If it's the case where he asked, can we burn down the, the, the pile of grains where the police are hiding and I'm, I'm using someone else's money? So they told him you're not allowed to. But uh, in other words, you have to pay for it. But as a king, you can do whatever you want. So he didn't want to follow that law, that that uh, thing. He didn't want to take advantage of that, or didn't want because there's an Easter involved, or according to the other one that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ruin or whatever. We're gonna burn the guy's grain, but we're gonna pay uh, barley, but we're gonna pay him back with lentils, which is worth a lot more. It's a lot more valuable, and it told me you're not allowed to. But as a king, you can. Okay, again, we can understand it. But if the, all it was is the first version, which was it was a question of whether it was a tamun, um, do you have to pay if something was hidden when I lit a fire and I traveled next door and it burnt down things which were hidden, do I have to pay for it or not? And the Bezin made a ruling, which whatever the ruling was, well, he didn't want to listen to it. So he answered about five lines above the above the Mishnah. So he answered, I heard from the Bezin of Shmuel or Amasi, call if you put your life on the line for the words of the Torah, we won't say halacha in your name. Very difficult to understand. Yeah, we had him Rabbi Yazari there with, you know, Rabbi Hanayim tried and went and gave Shurim in public. Rabbi Kiva gave Shurim in public, put their lives on the line. We have it all the time. What do you mean? So the citizenship shot is, in that case, you've demonstrated that you are so bottled, you know, subservient to Hashem that we no longer give it your name. We say this Hashem's Torah. We say that, that we say this in the name of Kal Yisro because you... Don't count yourself as an individual because you don't care about your personal life. All you care about is the Abish's Torah. So it's actually a compliment. And that's what he's saying here. Yeah, but that's a, a stamaze. But if a person, these three people jeopardized their lives. They went into the camp of the police to go to, to the court to get up a hapsak. So they know they were so dedicated. He felt that like, I can't give an individual name. This should be given in the name of Kal Yisrael, or the name of, we'll see in a minute. He poured it out before Hashem. When he poured it out to Hashem, because it did, Hashem um, <clears throat> You know, we want to know if you're allowed to save yourselves by killing police. You want to know whether he has to pay for Tom age. It's no, no big deal. When he poured it out to Hashem, they said it in He no longer said their name. He said it in the name of Hashem. So you see, it's a compliment, actually. Gemara sometimes means the name of all the Tanaim and Amaraim, or Gemara means the name of Torah. This is Torah itself, because these people were so bottled to the Torah. This is Torah itself. Now, even on top of the page, we said that the one who said it was asking for Taman was asking two questions, Taman and one of the other two. But we want to know, for, it sounds like he didn't listen to any of the of the decisions. We want to know why didn't he listen to the decision of Taman, as Tasha says. Next, Mishnah. We're continuing to talk about fire. So we finished talking about the animal, and we finished talking about uh, Ked and Shen and Regal. We finished talking about uh, Boyer, and now we're talking about Eich. The fire traversed a wall that was four amas high. You lit a fire in your property, and then the fire traveled and went over, jumped over a wall that was four amas high. Or it crossed over a public space. It was a big, you know, big distance. Or a river. We'll see later that this is a river with or is sixteen amas wide, like Hagmar Erwin, and a river is eight amas wide. Potter, in all these cases, you're exonerated because it's like an accident. Says he brought a Valtania and a Bryce. Else we learned over Gedish Goy Abamas Chayiv that if it crossed over a fence that's four Amas high is Chayiv. Amish says clearly a four Amas fence you are Potter, and the Bryce says a four Amas fence you Chayiv. Which one is it? Amar Papa. There's no argument between the two. 
What does four Amos mean? Four Amos really in both Mishnah and Brisa reads as if it says till four Amos. And the difference is as follows. Tana didan, the Tana of Amishnah, not only a 10 Amos wall, an 8 Amos wall, a 6 Amos wall, but even a 4 Amos wall, you are, uh, you are, potter, ad potter, till 4 Amos, because he in ad ad bechlal. When he says till 4, he means including 4. 4 Amos wall, you're potter. Below 4 Amos, then you're should anticipate there's a possibility for the fire to jump over the wall. But four amas and greater, you are potter. So when it says four amas, it means add until and add the ad bechlam. Tana bra, but the tana of the brayz is melamatul mahitog machiyuvin. Not only one amma high wall or two amma high wall, three amma wall, but even a four amma high wall. But but he says four amas means till four amas, and he is add the loyad bechlam. Not including the four amas, up to four amas. Exactly four amas. Your So there's no argument between the Mishnah and the They're talking different uh, cases, different ways, different perspectives. When we say you are potter, if it's four amas wall, I feel as they kites Even on the other side of the wall, there's a field full of dry and thorns. And everything else are very, very, you know, susceptible to fire. They can catch the fire in a second if even sparks fly over there. If they have a four amas wall, you are potter. Amar apapa, or misvas kaitzim lemaila dal damas. So we say that a four amas wall. We're not talking about from the ground up, because if you have kaitzim there, if you have thorns, and the thorns are piled up, you know, five amas high, then they very easily, you know, can catch on fire. It has to be a gap of four amas between the top of the thorns and the wall. And Tayshi goes further on the other side as well. There has to be four amas from the fire. You have a bonfire there. If your bonfire is higher than the wall, what's, who cares if the wall is four amas high? Because the fire is right, is above the wall. You're talking about that there's a gap of four amas between the top of your fire and the wall. We're talking about the fire. When do we say this at a wall? Four amas. The fire is straight up. So straight, it's a vertical fire. So therefore, in order for it to go over a wall, it has to jump. And it won't jump over a fire or a wall of four amas. And Rashi has two pshatim in the One is that it's also a vertical fire, but there's a wind, so it's going on an angle. And because it's going on an angle, therefore it travels sideways. And that's when um, then a four armor wall is not enough. I feel I may amachide, even to the because it can jump. Since the wind is blowing it and fanning it and it's going sideways, it's not a vertical wall, then it can go jump over any wall. As we saw with the big fires here in Australia, how it can jump over, you know, all heights, all distances. And another pshatanashi is nechves means that it's actually crawling on the ground. You have a very low fire, and it's crawling. And if it's crawling, then we're not talking about the wall. We're talking about the distance. Because the Mishnah also said if there's a, a certain distance between the two, then you're not responsible. But if it's a low fire that is traveling, uh, you know, horizontally, then no matter how far, even a hundred mil, you are responsible. The fire travels. Ushmul Amar Shmuel says no. I can't. When do we have these rules only if it's when it's on a side or if it's crawling on the ground? If it's a vertical fire, it doesn't jump at all. And I feel the cold butter. And if it, even if the wall is one, is one armor, you are exempt, you're exonerated because it doesn't jump. Tanya goes to Rabbi Lerav. I met Rabbi Mikalacha when it's a vertical wall. If it's a wall that the wind is blowing, or that it's um, a, low, a, a low wall, a grass fire like the eight and there's wood there, I feel like even a hundred million even a hundred million chayv for the travel. You have to fuel there next to the fire. Exactly. And if it's traveling this way, there's no limit. Avranor, this Bryce says it crosses a river, and you want to talk about it in a minute, or a pile of water, so when it comes to a public street, it's 16 amas. When it comes to a river, it's 8 amas. 
Derech harabim. But first of all, the Mishnah says if it crosses a derech harabim, you are patruz derech harabim. Mishus harabim. We read the nerevin sixteen amos wide. Mantana who holds that sixteen amos. Amar Rava Rabbelezi. It's Rabbelezi that we learn in the Mishnah soon. If not, we learn Rabbelezi. Aimer sheish esse amak kederech mishus harabim. He said, if there's a distance of 16 amas, a road between your, your property and whatever's across, you are potter. Because we don't think the fire could jump over that. Oinor of a river. Now, what's a river? Rav says, nor mamish, a river. It has to be a river, then we allow, then if it's eight amas, if the river is wider, like a creek or something, is wider than eight amas, then you are potter. Less than that, we say the fire is very easy to jump over. <clears throat> Shmuel says, Arisa de Daloi. We had it a few days ago where Rashi says Arisa de Daloi is an irrigation canal. And Rashi told us that's what Amasa Maim is. It's an Amma wide and Amma deep. So Amasa is the word Amasa Maim is from the word Amma, which is an Amma wide and Amma deep. And Rashi actually says there that Arisa de Daloi he touches as an Amasa Maim. Not everyone agrees with Rashi, but that's what Rashi says. Nor is describing uh, an area. We don't need water in there, even with dry in the season. Let's say when it dries in the summer, it's still if it why because it's deep, it's not like a normal road which is level through the, your property. This is uh, a, you know, a deep terrain, so therefore, um, you are potter if it's eight amas wide. Uman Omar, he said, which is um, which is what he called uh, Shmuel, because it's much less, it's only six fucking wide, it's only an armor wide. It has to have water in there to, to stop the fire from traveling. Only if it has water in it. Otherwise, no problem. Otherwise, uh, sorry. Only if water in it, do we say that you're possible. If there's no water in it, you're chayir. Now we learned something similar. If you have a field, but your field is divided by these, uh, what do you call tributaries, what do you call these little canals, it separates them into separate fields, and each field requires its own pay. A pay is when you have to leave the corner for the poor people. Each field has their own. And what are they? Hanachal, a river, Bahashlulis, we'll see the name of Shlulis, the Derechayochet, a private road, which is only four amas wide, and Derechayochet, a public road. My Shlulis, what is the Shlulis? Like a pond, you know, a puddle where rainwater collects. It's an amasa mayim shechalekes shol lagfer. That it it literally means shechalekes it distributes sholo the the plunder lagfer to its banks. There's banks, and and Rashi says an example that it's an irrigation pipe, an irrigation canal, and it makes fruits. That's like the booty. That's like the plunder, and it, and and it, you know this is what they normally have is the width of a uh, of a, a masa mine. <clears throat> um, yeah, the one who says that makes shamim. And, and, and Shmuel therefore argues and he says Shlulis cannot mean a Masamayim because he said before that Nor means Arisa the Daloi and Rashi says Arisa Daloi is a Masamayim. So Nor is a Masamayim and then Shlulis is a Masamayim. Can't be. Therefore he learns Shlulis must be something else. It's a puddle of water. Rain collects rainwater. But Abib is not a Masamayim. Yep, so Ra but Rashi told before that what is that? That's the same thing as a Masamayim. So, so when Shmuel said that the word Nor means um, means uh, Arisa Deloi, so therefore, which according to him is a Masamayim. So when it comes over here and it says by Peya, Shululis, uh, it must be that, and, and so on, it must be something else. 
which is deeper and 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 so mandom only a masamaim separates the fire and you're exempt. What comes to pay over here? We don't tell you when it comes to just a puddle of water, it is not included because it's temporary and less. The hanu. But Agni the Adam Mikres, consider as if it's part of you know the wings of the of the ground. It's part of the ground. If you have you know areas which are sort of you know it's um like like uh, pushed in or pressed in, and their water collects uh, rainwater, you know temporarily when it's after a big rain, there's a puddle of water that that's not considered a river or or something that separates the property. That is part of the property. Every property has like you know area which are indented and and it collects. So the Mishnah. Now, there's two kinds of fires that we're going to see. There's a fire you light in your own property and travels across, and there's a fire you light next door. And we're going to see that, that it has a bearing on this argument we had before about tamun be'esh, things which are concealed by fire. So there's a mission. If you light a fire in your own property, how far do we hold you responsible? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if, if the fire continues so much, it's your, still your fire. Uh, we give you a, an alapio, an area of a base kur, and uh, in other words, you go a half a kur, kur is 30 saw. So we have, as we you know, remember, a saw is 50 by 50, so 7,500 amas is 30 saw, and you divide that in half, you know, you square it, and you're in right in the center and half each direction. So, um, you're in the middle of the base kur, and if it goes beyond that, you're not responsible. That's what, and we're talking about over here. As Rashi said, we're talking about over here is when it's a kailachas, when it's, it's a vertical fire. But if it's a, a nechfefes, which is the fire we said, like a grass fire, if we said before, travels a hundred mil, you know, there's no there's no limit. So then, but that's not what we're talking about over here. We're talking about the, this vertical fire that's you know straight up. Um, we give you sixteen numbers like Shusarabim, this fire, fire, vertical fire. And Abba Kiva says chamishi mama give you fifty numbers, and Abba Shimon says shalom yishalom hamavas avoda. You're always responsible. Sound like from Rabbi Shimon, the way we understood right now. He holds you always responsible. I don't care how far it goes. I don't care what kind of fire it is. You're always responsible. No, but see the man. Right now, the Gemara thinks that Hakolvadlega means if according to the one who lit the fire, you lit the fire, and then you travel, and you're safe. Doesn't matter what distance it is. So you always grabbing an ass. The less Rabbi Shimon sure, but like Rabbi Shimon doesn't hold that sometimes you're not responsible. You know, it's not your fault at all. But Tanan, we learned clearly. We're going to have this in Babasa, the different rules how neighbors are supposed to behave together. According to Rashi, we're talking about that the people in the city have a right to stop you. Remember, in those days, they were all wooden houses, wooden huts. If one house catches on fire, you know, it, it posed a danger to the entire village. So the, the members of the city have a right to, to, to uh, intervene and say, hey, you can't have that in your house because it's a danger to all of us. Others say we're talking about the neighbors, the upstairs neighbor. So, Tanu's an oven, a big oven, it's very, very hot. You have wood burning there. You shouldn't place it in the house. You need a gap, a space above it. Like today, we have all these rules in restaurants. You know how much space you have to have between the, the stove and the wall, the back wall. You have to have a fan and go for safety reasons. So, over there also, you need to have a gap of four amas between the top of the oven and the ceiling. What about if you're upstairs and you want to have this kind of an oven? You need to make sure that underneath that oven, there's plaster, free, thick, so it doesn't in any way, you know, the heat and everything else burn its way through. 
Ubekida stove, which obviously is, is, is a lot less, uh, has a lot less heat, like we learned in the laws of Shabbos. A tanner is a square box and you have it very, very hot. Yeah, exactly. Actually, a I those that tanner was like a cylinder. Um, yeah, that's right. So we had a, a, a kida is a straight box with two spaces. Um, a kripach is um, a square box, but just one hole. So because there's a hole, it sort of lets the heat escape a little bit. And a tanner was that it gets narrower and narrower, so the heat becomes very, very intense inside. In a way, it's like an hibachi grill where the heat it heats up very, very quickly because it's, it's very strained. In the Middle East, there were some parts that they still call it a tandu. Which yeah. is an oven that's it's, that's right. it's like a dome shape. Uh-huh. Okay. So under the ground, like so we used to have in old days, or no? Some, some do it underground, yeah. Okay. So we hizik. At the end of the day, if you cause damage, Because damage you have to pay for the damage. Sounds like even if you follow these rules, nevertheless, if you cause damage, you have to pay. Because by an oven, even though generally we say if you follow the rules. You follow a prescription and something happens, you're exempt, you're exonerated. But by an oven, because it's this fire, constant fire, even you, even with our rules, you have to be vigilant and watch, see what's going on there. You can't just rely on the rule, and therefore you're responsible. Rav Shimon says, "Like never shoot a little shim, he's a potter." Rav Shimon says, "No, you know why we have these rules? Because if you follow the rules, you follow the rules, you're potter." So Rav Shimon agrees. If you follow the rules, you're potter. What do you mean? The mission says by fire, no matter what happens, you're responsible. He's saying is there's no standard rule when it comes to fire. We have to measure what kind of fire did you have, and, and was there enough? Was there um, you know a trail of uh, of thorns all the way to the next door property? In other words, every case has to be judged on its merits. Not that you're responsible always, but there's no rules. You have to follow and see because each case might be different. And was it very windy at the time? You know, so many different variables you have to look into. There's no real. You know, uh, uh, open-ended rules. You have to follow each case separately. Says the Mishnah. Now, this is the Mishnah we talked about till now in the Samachalov about Tomun Beish. We had it from the beginning of the Masechta. Tomun Beish. If you light a fire and it travels across and burns somebody's, uh, let's say, um, pile of wheat, and you had hidden under the pile of wheat all your all your money and everything else, and burned all your money, I'm not responsible. Somebody lights a pile of grain. Why well, you buy kalim and buried in there? You hid your stored different vessels with the and you it caught a fire. You got to pay for everything. You cause the damage. You got to pay. You only pay for whatever the pile was. It was wheat. You paid for wheat, barley, barley. Ah, you had things hidden there. Not worried about it. Next case we had before as well in the Gemara. What happens? This is we had the argument about fire. Fire is considered your arrow. Your it's like as if you did it directly, or is it just your possessions? So we had the following: we had a goat tied to the granary, the evet something, and an evet standing there. The nisivi mostly burnt the granary down. We have to pay for that. You you the goat couldn't run away, so you have to pay for that. And the evet, even though you died, and normally you get killed for killing the evet, he could have walked away. But who asked him to be so loyal to stand next to the goat? So therefore, chayiv yichayiv for everything except for the evet. What about evet kafusloi? The evet was tied down. You couldn't escape. So that was murder. You killed an evet. With a din is that you do it's a capital crime. You get punished for it. And so then we have a rule of kafusloi. Kom, and the goat was standing uh, next to it. Next to it. Uh, you are potter. There's an argument. 
the two pshatim Rashi. So you put from everything because come lay with the rabbi benei, come lay with the rabbi benei. So therefore, yeah, you're chayim So therefore, you put And even there were no warnings. We really learned from Tanda Vechiskia that if you did chayov in misa shagin, even though you won't get killed for it, the fact that you committed a an act that normally deserves misa, you already putter from paying mammon. You're putter. Now, when it comes to the goat, the first Rashi is we don't care if the goat is tied or not tied. Um, it's just because we mentioned the ever tied before, we mentioned the goat that uh, tied. Um, uh, others say no, that you only potted because if the goat was untied, so it should have run away. Um, and this is how you read the mission if there was a, an ever tied there, or if the goat was next to it, you are potted because the goat should have ran away. Um, but if the, if the goat only if the goat was tied down. Uh, are you responsible? The other people hold no that a goat, even if it's not tied down, if you forget about this, let's say there's no evidence, just a goat. If there's a goat standing next to the granary and got killed with the granary, one opinion actually is the apot. If it's not tied down, the goat should have ran away. The other opinion actually is no, the goat is not clever enough to run away, and therefore you are responsible. Yeah. Further, further. If you if you burn somebody's house down. Large house, like a, a mansion, and and there in a mansion you have a lot of stuff in there. It's not like in, in, old, in the olden days these have small houses. They keep everything. All they wear is out in the chutz in the in the courtyard. But if you have a big house, we learn about Basra, what the definition of a big house is. You'd be it'll be smaller than your bathroom. But if you had a big house, mishalom kol you have to pay for whatever is in there because it's common. You know that people keep you know wallets there, money there, and all these other things. Okay? People leave these things in the houses, so you can't say it's like hidden. You know that that's what people keep in store in their houses. The whole machlek is of Rabbi Huda Chacham is a madly betoshala. You lit a fire in your own place, the whole chavach v'shavede, and then it travels to you next door. Rabbi Huda says Yechayv and Nisketom be Rudahol. In this case, it's still a little responsible for even things which are tumen, because it says Oi. And I bought a pot. Oh, look, since you lit the fire in your own place, and the pasuk is talking about say say age. Say say age means the fire left your place and traveled on. So that's when the pasuk is talking about the chum and say come on, only if it's visible, not if it's tumble, if it's hidden. But if you went to your friend's house property and you lit set the fire there and you lit the fire, then you have to pay everything. So the pasuk is not talking about that. The pasuk is talking about when you lit fire in your own property. But if you lit the fire in the other person's property, according to everybody, you're chai. So, Tony, safer if you're right. Why does the end of the Mishnah say Moidim Chacham Rabbi Huda? When are the Chacham Moidim Rabbi Huda the Madli If you let in the in this big house, that you're responsible, say Big Yechidish. But they hold that even Tamun Yechayiv in the very same field. If if you lit it in your friend's house, if you, if you went and you lit a fire in your friend's house, Moidim Chacham in Rabbi Huda that Tamun Yechayiv in your friend's house. Can the other one about him? Leaf like we listen to it today. Why don't we talk about this very in of Tamun? Only for living your own property. Why don't you make that difference as well? Teacher already asked, what's the difference? Which difference? There's two differences there. So we chose one of them. Well, you can say that this here, we're talking about Tamun. In the Bita, there's no Tamun. Because everything you have, this is your house. Everything in the house, you know where everything is. There's no tumen, and you know that people put things in the house. Here, it's the same case of tumen. Don't expect, don't expect the guy to exactly. Exactly, and within that, we want to say that uh, sometimes I might have you. If you went next door and you set this place on fire, 
I say they're arguing in two cases. There's two arguments here. One is if you're lighting your own property, and one is if you're lighting next door. It goes as follows. And then it travels to your next door. Okay, that's what we learned till now. Rabban hold that if it's if it's uh, hidden, and you set the fire, you're defying your own property, and it traveled across to your neighbor, and it burnt down a pile of grains and there was things hidden inside, a wild, whatever it is, your party could have been the chayv. But it's another argument. You went to your friend's property and you set it on a fire. You said I like. Anything that you chayv. Even if it's a wallet, something which is totally, you know, doesn't out of place. And the bond hold no. We also agree that there are things that you're responsible for, but only things which are normal to keep in the field. For example, kalim things that people normally hide. It's hidden, but since it's normal, you're going, and the pasik is not talking about that, so going marigin, the clay bucker, you know, the, the tools you use for plowing and, and so on. And clay bucker and the things that you use for, you know, for the animals, hudim mishalim. Or the kalim like a wallet, you don't pay. So the way learns, if you set light in your own property, for everything, even things which are totally out, out of place, for everything, and the for nothing if it's hidden. If it's in the Maidin, if it's if you if you go to your friend's property, said the Pasuk is not talking about that. So things which are normal there to be, you know, stored over there, even though it's in it's hidden, it's not exposed, you're responsible for things which are not normal to be, you know, like a wallet, you're not responsible for it. If you're always responsible for everything. Tell about me learn. If somebody lights a a, a, a pile, oh, you buy kalim. There were kalim there. Good luck, and you lit it. Rabbi Yehuda, I'm a mishalom kosher. I'm a teichah. Rabbi Yehuda, you chayv everything. And the chachamim say, "Ain't a mishalom ella. You only pay godish." The following four cases: godish shall chit. I'm sorry, excuse me. Be godish shall chitin if it's a pile of wheat, or godish shall sa'odin or a pile of barley. The royin. So right now we're talking about you lit it in your own place and travel across. But this is more interesting. The Ryan. So now let's say this pile of, of, of wheat had a whole bunch of pots of pans hidden in the bottom. So they took up space. It could have been wheat there, but they there's kale in there. So the bottom say, not the chat is you only pay for the quantity of wheat that was there and you totally pot it because of the for the kale. You take a pot of the kale, but we imagine that that volume. That the, the space that the kalim occupied is made up of wheat, because that's what you thought was the only wheat. Pay for that at least in the in the the value to the value of wheat. The royin mokum kalim We imagine that the space that the kalim took up is made up of whatever the true is of that. So this is uh, talking about that you lit it in your own property, and then it travel across. But if your chachila went there instead of light, mishalom kol masha ha yibatoicha, you lie, you pay for whatever was inside there, pay for everything inside there, and um, according to Rava, according to Avkana, you pay for everything that are born totally major to Rava Yehuda. According to Rava, only for things which darken to hide, yeah, like Morigin and Kleibaka, those kind of things. Now the Gemara says, Umoyde Rabbiulach. The Brisa says, Umoyde Rabbiulach. Yehuda will be major to the Chachamim. In the following case, the marshal mokel chaveri, I I allowed you to use my space, my my farm, lahagdish godish pile some of your tuah, your grains, okay, the hegdish the hitmin. 
if you came in, I gave permission to do to put in A, and you went in and you put in A, but you also hid some things there. So A Michelle may go about I took responsibility only to make sure that you're whatever I gave you permission for. But what for is it that what you hid there, I never gave permission, so I'm not responsible. And if you hid this money in this particular case. Even if it's uh, 21 Yeah, yeah, and I could never, even give why? Because I own, because it's my property, and I'm the one who lit it, and I only took responsibility for, yeah, yeah I told you, I'm allowing you to put your grains there. For example, if I ate mission in case number one, I gave you permission to pile up uh, wheat, they just said, you put in the barley. <clears throat> right, you put in the barley. So what about in this case here? Or I, um, I have to pay you only then for barley. Because I'm, I pay, even though I gave permission to put wheat, wheat is cost double barley. But the fact is, you put in barley there, and I burnt it down, so I'm responsible to pay for barley, which is so obvious. Why would you? Why should I pay you for wheat if you only have barley there? Maybe the chiddush is I, I got to even pay you for barley because I never gave permission to put in barley there. I only gave permission to put in wheat, and you put in barley. Maybe the chiddush is, but I'm still responsible if I burnt it down. So Eileen, I gave permission to put in barley. The hegdish kitchen, and what you put in there was wheat, and then I burnt it down. I'm only, I only have to pay you the price of barley. That's a chidish already. The fact is, you put in the wheat, the is, I only gave you permission, I only took it upon myself to protect your barley. That's all I'm paying you for. Case number three. Chitin, I gave you permission for wheat. The chitin beside it, you put the wheat in there, but then you cover it with barley. So I thought, what do you have there? A pile of barley. So I wasn't so careful because barley is, is Michael Behemoth. You know, it's not, it's not, it has doesn't have much value. So if I lit a fire in my own backyard and burnt your barley down, uh, I am, uh, which really was made up of wheat, you just cover the barley for whatever reason. I ain't hurry. You don't want people to see so much wheat. I don't have to pay you for the wheat because I took responsibility for wheat. I, I, I would have been very careful. But when I saw you had barley there and I assumed that the entire pile was made up of barley, so I wasn't careful. So I'm liable just for barley. The last case. So Aiden, I gave you permission for barley, the chifan bechitin, and you covered it with wheat. It doesn't matter. I only gave you gave permission for barley. So therefore, I have to pay for barley. Okay, we'll continue tomorrow, Mr. Shem. We have other cases.